Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 12th of July, the 193rd day of 2021, leaving us 172 days until 2022. We're tearing into the second half of the year like Olympians on the backstretch of the 400-meter hurdles. Today and tomorrow, post-sunset in the western sky, the planets Mars and Venus will be keeping close company with our faintly crescent moon. Today in 1804, former United States Secretary of the Treasury Alexander Hamilton died after being shot in a pistol duel by Vice President Aaron Burr. Today in 1933, the U.S. Congress passed the first minimum wage law, setting the minimum wage at 33 cents per hour. Today in 1954, President Eisenhower put forward a plan for an interstate highway system. Today in 1957, U.S. Surgeon General Leroy Burney publicly expressed the connection between smoking and lung cancer. Meanwhile, this past weekend, Japan's Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga declared that a spectator ban had been agreed to by Japanese Olympic organizers, the International Olympic Committee, the International Paralympic Committee, and the Metropolitan Government of Tokyo. This means Olympic fans will be banned from the Tokyo area stadiums and arenas when the Olympics begin a little over a week and a half from now, so that the Olympics will be largely a TV-only event insofar as viewings by spectators. Folks would be wise to consider the constellations. Back in 1968, as a young teenager going to school in Germany, I was fortunate enough to persuade the administrative folks at the school to see the virtue in allowing me and a couple of friends to travel as young reporters to the Winter Olympics being held not so far away in Grenoble, France. My friends and I had some great times for a few days, managing to have face-to-face -face private conversations, one with skiing star Jean-Claude Quilly, and one with skating star Peggy Fleming. But what we learned most, perhaps, is that the best viewing of the majority of the events was not to be accomplished amid the throngs of spectators at the various event venues, rather television coverage, in our case courtesy of the TV in our Olympic Village guest room, afforded us a practicable and worthy alternative. Of course, the resurgence of COVID emergency measures should come as no surprise to anyone who has been staying current on the shifting sands of the pandemic's progress of late. Largely energized by the mutant Delta strain spreading rapidly worldwide, even in places which once upon a time, not so long ago, were vaccination success stories, like the U.S., Britain, and Israel. Globally, over 4 million people have died from COVID, and total confirmed cases number 186 million, with the same major players internationally. The United States is in first place insofar as deaths, followed by Brazil, India, and Mexico. And the United States is also in first place insofar as confirmed cases, followed by India, Brazil, and France. In other fronts, no pun intended, our ongoing down east Maine drought situation was ever so slightly eased, just a smidgen, at the end of last week by the remnants of tropical storm Elsa, 
passing over the Gulf of Maine and leaving a little precipitation. Miraculously, deceptively, at eight inches below normal rainfall, our landscape evinces a great deal of greenery. And amid that convincing lushness, Mother Nature's tension remains, such as this past Thursday, my paddling, complementing the paddling of 14 webbed feet belonging to the seven young ducks forming the fl flotilla off to my starboard side. They weren't disturbed by me in a 16-foot Kevlar canoe because they were hastening to the shelter of an overhang not far away along the Stillwater River, there to hunker in their refuge while a young bald eagle finished his surveillance overhead. Today in 1908 to New York City, Mendel Berlinger was born to Martha and Moses Berlinger, who was a paint and varnish salesman. Young Mendel's show business career began at age four, when he started winning Charlie Chaplin impersonation contests. Mendel also worked as a child model for Buster Brown Shoes. Numerous child roles soon followed, beginning at age six in the Charlie Chaplin film Tilly's Punctured Romance, which was also the first full-length comedy film. At age 12, Mendel was appearing on Broadway in the hit Floradora, and he went on to perform in the Ziegfeld Follies. By age 16, Mendel chose the professional name Milton Burl. His move to Hollywood in 1937 sparked a motion picture career that would include more than 30 films, and by the late 1940s, Uncle Milty had become American's first television superstar, his Texaco Star Theater appearances selling millions of television sets. Milton Burl credited his mother, who had changed her last name to Burl as well, with much of his success. Sitting in the theater, she primed the audience by laughing loudly at his jokes and wildly applauding his performances. In general, she was proud of him and enjoyed calling attention to her role as the star's mother. When paged at a New York hotel, she answered the lobby phone with a loud, Is this my son, Milton Berle? Today is also the birthday of American naturalist writer Henry David Thoreau in 1817 of American inventor of the Kodak camera, George Eastman, in 1854, of Chilean poet Pablo Neruda in 1904, of actor Yul Brynner in 1915, of actor and comedian Bill Cosby in 1937, of musician Christine McVie in 1944, of fitness guru Richard Simmons in 1948, of actress Cheryl Ladd in 1951, of Olympic skater Christy Yamaguchi in 1971, and of actor Topher Grace in 1979. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the fourth official week of summer.